We welcome everyone joining us on another edition of the Stingers Up Sacramento State Football Podcast. What a week ahead for the Hornets, a showdown on national TV. Number two, Montana State at number three, Sacramento State. Promises Saturday night to be an awesome, awesome game. Uh, We'll preview that today on the podcast. You also will hear a recap of what proved to be a pretty thrilling game at Northern Colorado. We will hear from the opposing head coach, Brent Vegan, some audio from his weekly press conference, and from All-American senior tight end, Marshall Martin, a conversation with him. So a jam-packed Stingers Up podcast. Let's jump right into it with the Hornets last week on the road in Greeley. And if you heard our radio broadcast, we talked about it. The Hornets have had great success at Northern Colorado. But the success has come in close games. They had one 14-point win going into the week there, a five-point win, four three-point wins. So six and one all-time in Greeley. It's a great record, one of the best percentages, if not the best, certainly in the big sky the Hornets have had against teams. But it's always been close, always come down to one possession. The Hornets heavily favored, ranked number four at the time, winless Northern Colorado. You guessed it, we had another close game. It's just the way it played out, certainly there in Greeley. So let's start with some highlights. First off, the Hornets took the opening possession, had the ball, had an opportunity to maybe even establish a lead early in the game, but they had an early turnover. So Northern Colorado only gained one yard on that deep turnover by the Hornets, but got a field goal. So they led 3-0. After that, Sacramento State, still first quarter, would finally get on the board. Caden Bennett, he's going to keep it. Throws a slant over the middle. Caught. Touchdown, Devin Gandy. Quick slant at the goal line, secured by Gandy. Hornets take the lead for Gandy, his first touchdown reception of the year. The turnover on the first possession did nothing to slow the Hornets down. That was a great drive by Sacramento State. All right, so it's 7-3 Hornets at this point. Still first quarter action after getting another defensive stop. The Hornets would go on the move again. Now they were playing this game without a couple of key players. Certainly Marcus Fulcher is one of their instrumental figures on the offensive side of things and was out yet again, and uh, so other guys get an opportunity, whether it was Caden Bennett as a runner, certainly you would see Elijah Tau Tolliver, um, Zeke Burnett, but also this guy, Ezra Maleni, getting some things done for the Hornets. Dump off to the flat, it's Maleni, he's got to shake a man, he does, and he scoots in down the sideline, touchdown, Sacramento State. Ezra Maleni with the receiving touchdown, there's another Hornet with their first touchdown of the year, good for eight yards, and the lead is now 13-3. to three. So it was six out of the 12 receivers with a touchdown coming into the game, and now it is eight out of the 12 have a touchdown. What balance. I mean, I can't say it enough. You don't know what's going to get you. And Maleni's done a fabulous job filling in for Fulcher, who is injured, showing that Maleni's a starter as well. Kick is up and good, but we have flags everywhere in the back of the end zone before the kick went through the uprights. So it's 14-3 to Sacramento State. Hornets didn't score in the second quarter. They went into the locker room with a 14-10 to lead and probably felt like it should have been more. You go to the third quarter in which Sacramento State almost went two consecutive quarters with getting shut out. That's really rare. It hasn't happened to the Hornets in a long time. But they avoided that because they would score on the final play of the third quarter. Two receivers left, one to the right, eight seconds left in the quarter, third and long. Hard count, snap comes in, blitz picked up, ball thrown towards the end zone, jumping up and making a great catch is Carlos Hill in the end zone. Touchdown, Hornets. How did he catch that? I thought that was a sure interception. The ball wasn't thrown that fast. It was thrown kind of high, and Carlos just went after it. Carlos Hill just 
came back, out jumped the defender. Amazing catch. So Carlos Hill would help extend the lead there for Sacramento State at 21 to 10. In the fourth quarter, Northern Colorado had a deep drive into Hornet territory, but had to settle for a field goal. And so you're in a situation there where the Hornets were just up eight, a one possession game at 21 to 13. Anything could happen. Well, Northern Colorado would drive again, needing a touchdown and a two point conversion. They were driving into Hornet territory and were forced into a fourth down. Multiple tight ends, two receivers. Afari's the tailback, fourth and a full two. They'll work it from the shotgun. Bailey blitzes near side. They'll run up the middle, veering left, undercut. I don't think he got it. I don't think he got it. The Hornets made a tackle off the edge, and it's going to depend on the spot. I think Stanley got a shoulder in there, and Danny's saying he did not get it. Let's go to Danny. Danny, what do you see down there? Look short to us. I think he's like a half yard short. They are going to measure. Oh, yeah, from here, it doesn't even look like he's close. Back up, back up. Looks like it. Yeah, the ball, Steve, the ball's at the 23. They've got to get to the 22. Why are they measuring this? Am I missing something here? Uh, it's drama. It's, okay, you know, it's drama. Is, stretch it's the chains out. Folding here, and here comes the cheers from the Hornet sideline. Stretch the chains, stretch and the chains. Do we have, a, we have a kink in the chain? Oh, yeah, not even close. Okay. Probably three football short. All right, so the defense comes up with a huge stop. And now Sacramento State's offense back out on the field with 129 to go. So the Hornets preserve the victory, but barely. By eight points, 21-13, they go to 5-1 and one overall, get back to another league win at 2-1, and one, and now have the push here for the final five games left for Sacramento State. A couple in a row here at home with Montana State this weekend, followed by Idaho State. Then the Hornets go on the road for Montana come back home for Cal Poly, and finish off with the Causeway Classic. So they're hoping to get as many wins as possible with the big sky, the way things happened last weekend. Montana defeated Idaho, so that's given everyone in league that the Hornets are chasing at least one loss. Idaho, remember, beat the Hornets earlier. They've got a loss. Montana's got a loss. The Hornets still face them. The one team without a loss, the team the Hornets are facing this weekend, the Montana State Bobcats. Hornets haven't faced them since 2019. That was the start of the back-to-back-to-back championships. The Hornets went up to Bozeman and defeated them. So they haven't seen the Bobcats in Sacramento since 2016. Uh, Brent Vegan wasn't the coach then. He is the coach now. He had his press conference earlier this week. Thought I'd grab a a few sound bites for you, kind of run them together here. Here's what the coach was saying about the Hornets and about this matchup this weekend. You know, moving forward now, um, you know, obviously this, this game this next week against Sacramento State, We'll, we'll get a lot of um, lights shined on it, uh, not only because of our rankings, but uh, because it's sitting there on ESPN2 um, come Saturday night. Uh, you know, we both tied for the, the conference championship this past year. Um, they won it the previous year. We haven't played them uh, as a program since 19, and we haven't played out in Sacramento since 16. So, you know, there's unknowns, even though you see teams in your conference quite a bit in crossover film, um, but they're the one team in my time here that we haven't played. Um, They do things really well. You know, their transition to Coach Thompson taking over uh, has gone uh, very smoothly. Um, A lot of that staff remained, and and it shows up. You know, they're continuing to do do the things that they've – done so well the past couple years, really being solid um, to spectacular in all, all three phases, um, finding ways to, 
to win games has been um, part of their calling card the last couple of years, the, those tight games. And, you know, we're going to certainly uh, have our hands full come Saturday. You know, we, uh, we got to have a real good week of practice and, and uh, go out go out there with uh, the intent to, to play our very best game this, this fall. And uh, that's, that's what the plan is. So, well, it's a shift for them. You know, what we've seen the last two years is that, uh, that combination of their two-quarterback two system, which was very effective. Um, you know, and what you see in him is a really talented athlete, uh, passer, um, you know, kind of all of the above. I think he allows them to do a lot of the things they were probably doing with, with both guys over the past past couple of years. So I've been really impressed with what he's been able to do. And, you know, they have some new targets on the other end. They spread the ball around um, receiver-wise. You know, all three of those starters have double-digit catches, double-digit just production. You can see that. Uh, you know, they, they have as dynamic a tight end um, individually as, as anybody does in our league. He's been out a little bit, but he's back now in, in Martin. Really experienced O-line at the same time. I know you just asked about one guy, but I'm kind of going through it here. But uh, O-line-wise, a lot of experience there. So, you know, they've, uh, you know, Coach Taylor moved on um, to Stanford. But, uh, you know, a lot of things they're doing, um, the proficiency with what they're doing is very similar um, on offense. Yeah, very, uh, very sound, uh, disciplined group. Uh, you know, they, they are, are good at pressuring um, and disguising their pressure. Um, I, I think in the, in the back end, uh, they're, they're certainly good enough and capable to play a man, but they play a fair amount of zone. They, they, they tackle well, they cover ground. Um, you know, they defensively, up, you know, it starts for them up front. They got, they got some real experienced guys. Um, you know, I think Stanley and Lynch are, are leading them right now as far as numbers go and productivity. Um, Bailey, you mentioned him. Um, I, I know coming into the year, they felt really good about you know him taking that step um, to become their leader on defense, and it's apparent that's that's occurred uh, in watching their film so far. Yeah, that's what I was alluding to. I think generally they've over the last few years they've lost just that one game in conference. Um, they're eighteen and one, so. They, they, I think they, they have that belief. That's apparent. Uh, they're not gonna, they're not gonna beat themselves, um, you know. And I know the Idaho game didn't play their way, but, but by and large, these games obviously all have. And it's just, uh, it's just knowing, like, like I said before, relative to our game the other night. I mean, you know, these these games, you you probably all think they should go a certain way, um, whether that's a coach, a player, and even on the fan side. But it doesn't work that way. And you know, the key is, is coming out on the other end with a, a W, and I, I'm certain that trip to Greeley wasn't um, exactly what they had planned, but it's, you know, in our, in our league, these teams that you don't play every year that you maybe haven't seen, that you don't know exactly how it's going, you can't just look at uh, records and such. Uh, I think that happens all too too much because teams are going to go up, you know, show up and play. So to that point, uh, they, they continue to work through that and believe, and, you know, they don't have to lean on one particular uh, side of the ball and they're in special teams they've they've been really solid um the last few years as well as we've watched them you know it's uh it's the it's the biggest game this week um and i think i'd be lying to say hey it'd be great to match up with them we haven't done that these first two years you you split a title um last year um you don't get a chance to face in the previous year you like to face them. Uh, we, they were on our schedule the last couple of years. Um, it didn't end up happening in, in playoff play. 
so yeah, it's here. It's the it's the game that's in front of us, and um, yeah, I think that's that's how you got to look at it. And if you get too caught up into you know circling games and all that, um, I think you you lose sight of what was in front of you. So the fact that this is right there in front of us, we're after it. Again, that's Brent Vegan, head coach of the Montana State Bobcats. He and Andy Thompson square off Saturday at Hornet Stadium. All right, we'll wrap up the podcast with a conversation with the All-American, Marshall Martin. What a career he has had at Sacramento State. He's been an All-American. He is moving up into the top five in all the receiving categories, whether it's catches, touchdowns, yards. As a receiver, he is the leading tight end receiver in Hornet history, has been a runner as well, a little bit of everything, and had a chance to catch up with him earlier in the week. Here's my conversation with the All-American, Marshall Martin. All right, here with Marshall Martin, All-American from Sacramento State. He's been an incredible Hornet. And uh, I, I kind of want to start with uh, Marshall Martin the fourth, kind of the family name, kind of take us back to, to how this uh, the name has kind of carried on for years and years and years. Yeah, started with my great-grandpa. He was in the military, started off with the name. So it was strong there. My Then my grandfather kept the name strong, gave it to my father. Father kept it, gave it to me. And now, hopefully, my fifth comes soon. Yeah, then, so yeah. you're going to continue it. Yeah, it's yeah. a legacy. Yeah. Keep the uh, king, sons of kings going. <laughs> That's awesome. And I, I, I remember early on when you were here, maybe it was even your freshman year, years all blend together, but – kept saying Shelly and Shelly I'm like Shelly Mm -hmm. but so has that just kind of been a nickname that's that's been with you yeah nickname I got a lot of nicknames Uh, what else Bo Banga Shelly Bo uh (laughs) Banga uh Shell all just different type of name Marshall you respond to them all yeah respond to them all yeah (laughs) um all right how about your journey getting here what brought you to Sacramento State uh honestly it was my last option but it was the only school that had faith in me, so I took the opportunity to come here and took the chance and made it the best I could, and that was the way. You came in, if I remember, weren't you a running back when you first got here? So yeah. how did that conversion and switch, and obviously it's been incredibly successful, how did that go for you? Yeah, so it was like the first week of uh, like fall camp I got here. I started off as a running back. We had a drill, and I did good, put somebody on their back, and then <laughs> – the next meeting, coach told me, he was like, yeah, we're going to move you to tight end. And as a freshman, I was just happy to be there and have a spot. So I was like, okay, still me. I know I'm going to be who I am. So I just made it the best. Was that your running backs coach or Coach Sears at the time? Who was the coach then? It was Coach Sears, but Jaymont was my coach. Oh. So then I switched to tight end. Then, yeah. yeah. And it's worked uh, pretty well. What, what was your thought then? Like, hey, I don't. Did you know? Had you played that position much before? What was your thinking about moving to tight end? Um, nothing. Football is football, honestly, to me. So yeah. I had to block. I know how to block. I know how to catch a ball. So none of that changed. And me running the ball, that that changed. That none of that changed either. So yeah. made it the best. Do you feel like you're tight end though? Like, I mean, because. There are, like McBride is a blocking tight end more so. You're there. You you ran the ball last week and from the backfield. You're kind of just wherever they need you. But I don't know if you were labeled a position. What do you feel like you are? Uh, a workhorse. <laughs> I just do the work anywhere they put me at. Yeah. Make it the best. So in your journey here, that you've been here, obviously accolades everywhere. You're moving up all the the leaderboards and catches, touchdowns and receptions and all America. What's you personally, what's kind of been your favorite honor or something when you're done here? You'll go, man, I, I did that at Sac State. 
just making a legacy, making my name in Sacramento State, having a place where I can come back to and always know I'll put in that work here and just the loyalty. You know, what's interesting is I've talked to you and several other teammates that some of the same common thread is, well, this was the only school that offered me or this was the only school that believed in me. Um, that's kind of interesting. It feels like, and it's all worked out amazingly well for you guys. How do you, how do you attribute the success that you've gone through now as back-to-back-to-back champions? Uh, just all the hard work that I put in from being from young all the way to now, just that consistent work every day-to-day work, having a goal, setting to it, and then achieving all of it, and it helped me to get here. Has it been a challenging for your position to have, you know, the two quarterbacks the last couple of years, and then now, Caden, is it is that a challenge at all at your position, or is it just kind of part of the deal? Not really a challenge, just part of football, and I'm happy with the coaches I got because they're still able to make the make things happen where I can still get the ball and have chances to score and stuff. So it's good. Yeah. How about uh, team highlights? Like I said, back to back championships, uh, win at Stanford earlier this year. Uh, Causeway wins. What What are some of your favorite memories here as a Hornet? Uh, just all the wins with my teammates, the locker room. That's fun. Everything that goes on the locker room, them guys are just funny. They just <laughs> always act wild and stuff. So that's great. Just the team camaraderie. That's just the best thing about all the memories. Who's uh, is there a ringleader right now in the locker room that gets it started? Or I mean, I know some of our plane flights are pretty fun and festive is there someone that that gets it started i mean it's really all like the who starts it all is the d-line then o-line gets into it then it's just the receivers because our our sections in the locker room is kind of split up with the receivers and then the big guys but the d-line they're kind of rowdy and the receivers are the rowdy guys so that's who gets it all started You've uh, already accomplished a major goal here is graduating. You're working on your graduate degree. Um, tell us a little bit about that, what you studied as undergrad and now what you're doing now. Uh, I did communications. It was a, it was tough, but I was able to do it and make sure it happened. And then right now I'm doing my minor in kinesiology, so I'm trying to get that done before I uh, eventually done with school. Yeah, it's impressive to do that while playing football, obviously. And then the COVID year, that, how weird – just – for all of us in the world, it was just bizarre. We've never lived through anything like that. How was that as a student athlete, not having football and just going through that? Yeah, that was like the first time my whole like life, like I had a year off of football. Like every year, I usually play a sport or something, but it was just felt kind of weird. But I was still able to do school and stuff, so it was cool. I know you played basketball too in high school. How would you have been if uh, you played for the Hornets and hoop? Uh, yeah, I would got a few buckets. That would be cool for sure. Yeah, yeah. put up some points. Do you still play at all? Uh, yeah, sometimes my teammates would go to like apartments and just hoop there, like hoop, uh, at the well too. Yeah, who's the best basketball player on the Hornet football team? I either say me or Deshaun Lynch. Oh, really? Yeah, he's yeah. very good. Okay, yeah, for sure. Um, okay, so obviously more games to go. Um, you have probably some dreams after that. I'm assuming, and I know a lot of scouts have been in to look at you. Um, is the NFL a big goal and a big target? Yeah, that's a big goal. It would be a great achievement for me and my family from all the hard work I put in from when I was younger. Mm-hmm. At this point, what do you have to do, not necessarily to get there, but is it just get through the season, be as healthy as possible, and then the combines and bowl games, is that kind of what you have to have to do? Yeah, just maintain greatness, just achieve, achieve for greatness, strive for it every day, and make sure I – take the preparation serious and not try to cheat the day. So make sure I do that. 
I don't know if you'll do this or if you end up with an agent, but they just have to show the two playoff games last year. <laughs> they had like 20-something catches in two games, a bunch of touchdowns. Did you feel like that – I mean, stat-wise, it was amazing, that some of your greatness right there in those two games? Yeah, I felt like that was just the games I was able to just play, mm-hmm. just be me out there. So, yeah, yeah hopefully – how you get to see more of those this year and, yeah, ready to turn up. Yeah. As far as uh, your team goals the rest of the year, still things are in place. I mean, you got a huge one with Montana State this week. Um, what are kind of the thoughts team-wise of what you guys still can accomplish? Uh, we just want to accomplish being the best we can be, special teams, defense, and offense. We want to put points up and stop the run and uh, pass game and just be great. And if we do that, stick to our goals, hopefully – Everything should be fine, and at the end of the game, it should be in our way. Yeah, I've looked at you guys. I mean, you're obviously your third, but I still feel like your best game is ahead of you. I think you guys have had moments. Have you felt like you guys have connected on all things quite yet? Uh, not yet. We're still working on it. That's the work in progress of the practices every week. So uh, we just got to put it, everything, all three phases, all in one game together, and it should be good. As far as other things, I mean, this is so consuming between school and football. It's it's your life. But any other life things that you enjoy, hobbies, music, movies, like what other things do you like to do when you're not so focused on school and football? Uh, I've been trying to get into bowling. Really? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I like to bowl a little bit. I've been trying to get like the curves. I like the curves a little bit. So, yeah, I've been trying that. Yeah. Yeah, that's really it. Yeah. Um, so what, you just started or you bowled before? Or you just like it, you're really catching on to, and enjoying it more? Yeah, catching on and enjoying it. Uh, it's fun. I be doing it sometimes. I go like on Sunday. So mm-hmm. after like we have our game review and stuff, like the Sunday night, I'll just go just hit the lanes and just mm-hmm. bowl it out and just be cool. Yeah. What's yeah. it about bowling that kind of – I mean, it's away from what you're doing, but what is it about it that you've enjoyed? I'm just being in my own lane, honestly. <laughs> Get the ball. Yeah. Just being me. Just relaxing. Just yeah, it just relaxes me and stuff. Best uh what's your best score that you've had out there? Uh I had two fifty. Whoa. Yeah. Okay, so you're really good at bowling. Yeah, yeah I've been trying. <laughs> yeah. I'm trying to get up there. I would say I don't know, but is anybody on the team better than you at, at, at bowling? Yeah, it's a few. Devin Gandy's very good. Really? Devin Gandy's very good. Okay. So now is he like your target? Are you trying to beat him when you when you go out there? Uh, yeah, but I know I need to get a little better before I get with him <laughs> first. So yeah, he's good at it. All right, last thought for you. Uh, let's get one more thought on this weekend. Montana State. You guys haven't played them since 2019. Just like you, they've been one of the best teams in the conference. When you look at them defensively, they're really good. What do you what do you see with the Bobcats? Uh, they have great players out there, and we have great players on our offense. Uh, we just have to make. Uh, good choices on our game plan to do the best we can and yeah, we should be good yeah. well I gotta say it's been a pleasure calling your games it's a lot of fun to watch you play um, I, I know you, it looks like you're having fun out there so congrats on your success best of luck going forward and uh, we're rooting for you yes sir thank you for having me well I hope you enjoyed that I hope you enjoyed the entirety of the podcast and we hope you get out to Hornet Stadium Saturday night 7:30 national TV of course we'll have the game on the radio as well and you got to be a part of it. It's a big time atmosphere. It's a big test for the Hornets. I got to tell you, doing all my prep, watching Montana State, the statistics are staggering what the Bobcats have done. It's going to take a really, really strong performance by the Hornets. I think their best game still needs to be played, and it might need to be played this weekend. All three facets have to be locked in, and they're going to give up some yards. They're going to give up some plays, but they got to stay with it and keep pushing and punching 
at this Montana State team. So we'll see what the Hornets are made of. Still a lot of season left after this game as well, but it's going to take a monster performance by Sacramento State and a big crowd, we hope. Uh, Should be some good college football coming up on Saturday. We'll recap it all next week. We'll look ahead to Idaho State as well and another edition of the Singers Up podcast next week. But my thanks again to Marshall Martin and to all of you for listening to another edition of the Stingers Up Sacramento State football podcast.